Hello and welcome to this latest CN podcast. I'm Anthony Myers. Earlier this year, the International Cocoa Initiative, ICI, launched a new study analysing data from various stakeholders, child labour monitoring and remediation systems, known as CLMRS, with the aim of guiding improvements in their effectiveness at identifying, preventing and addressing child labour in the cocoa supply chain. 2021 has been officially designated International Year for the Elimination of Child Labour and Nick Weatherall, ICI's Executive Director, brings an update on progress so far in what has been a challenging year for the cocoa sector. Take a listen. Um, Well, CLMRS stands for Child Labour Monitoring and Remediation System. Uh, So it is a system uh, usually embedded either within the supply chain structures like farming cooperatives uh, or at community level uh, in the farming communities themselves. Um, And it's basically comprised of, uh, well, it's it's driven by um, field agents, community facilitators, usually farmers themselves, who've been trained uh, to understand and identify child labor. Um, They then uh, conduct awareness raising so that the community at large and other farmers are fully aware of what child labor is, what's acceptable work, what's not acceptable work. And then those community facilitators do regular active monitoring of households and farms um, to see whether or not uh, there is child labor Uh, taking place. Uh, They do this usually with smartphones and they collect data from interviews with the households and the farmers. And in this process, they actively uh, look out for and identify children who are in uh, uh, hazardous child labor more often than not. Um, Once a child is identified by the community facilitators, then Uh, There is a follow-up visit to the household to actually understand why the child is working uh, in unacceptable conditions, Um, discussions with the parents and with the child, obviously. And then all of the data and information from that is transmitted um, through a sort of smartphone system to a database, which is sort of interrogated. And then a response to the case of child labor is uh, designed because... Child labor, the reasons why there's child labor varies from one household to the next. Uh, And so if we're going to do something about it, it's not always a cookie cutter, one size fits all um, uh, solution. So having understood what's driving the child labor, then a response is is designed and then that's implemented. And it's what we call a remediation response. often targeted to help the children themselves get into school, for instance, by giving them birth certificates or school materials. Sometimes uh, it's those remediation responses are targeted at the community just to perhaps rehabilitate the school to give it more capacity uh, to, to, to accommodate children. Sometimes it's targeted also at the parents to help them improve their household income. Um, so a broad range of remediation responses. And then importantly, the, the system does a regular follow up of, of those children who are identified every six months or so at the moment. Uh, and in order to track the impact of the assistance and whether or not their exposure to child labor has reduced or ultimately 
whether or not they are out of child labor. And all of this information is then sort of, you know, gathered together and fed into a database which allows us and our partners uh, to report uh, on the situation of child labor with really quite a degree of granularity and accuracy uh, on the situation of child labor in the households that um, that are covered by the system. Great. And who, who would your partners be? So, I mean, most of the work that we're doing at the moment is obviously with uh, uh, cocoa companies. Um, uh, often it's a collaboration between a manufacturer or a brand uh, and their suppliers uh, um, working with us to embed uh, CLMRS in the cooperatives that they're buying cocoa from. Um, but it's not exclusively like that. I mean, there are uh, other forms of child protection system that are similar um, that can be implemented by other NGOs, for instance, uh, and also the government, the national governments have their own uh, child labor monitoring and remediation systems as well. And we try to work with all of those actors um, to strengthen the systems and to scale them up. Yeah, I, I've, as I understand it, I, I, through my reporting of uh, cocoa sustainability of the last two or three years, the, the ICI's CLMRS uh, you know, systems has become quite an important part, I think, for, for companies, um, almost uh, an industry standard, uh, we could say. How many CLMRSs do, do you run, the ICAI run in, in West Africa? Yeah, it's, I mean, difficult to actually define how many systems per se um, that, that we have. I mean, you know, we, I can tell you how many we, we work with, how many companies at the moment we are directly implementing or supporting eight company programs uh, in West Africa. There are another three under development with some new members that recently joined ICI. Um, so that's 11 uh, company programs. Um, and then I know of at least four others, uh, other company programs that we're not directly involved with, but that are also happening. So, um, yeah, you can see it's quite a large number of, of company programs uh, at play. And then, of course, we have to layer in those other uh, systems, such as I mentioned previously, the, the, the national systems particularly. Yeah. And how many children are covered as such, or how many children have, have been in the system or are in the system, or do you have a rough idea? Yeah, so at the end of last year, end 2020, we estimated that there were 450,000 cocoa farming households covered by some form of CLMRS. Um, so that equates to about 1.1 million children covered uh, in Cote d'Ivoire and Ghana. Um, of those, uh, ICI directly implemented or supported uh, programs were uh, reaching about 450,000 uh, children. Um, so quite some scale, particularly if you think back to 2015, we had 65,000 children covered. Uh, so from 65,000 children to more than 1.1 million children over a period of five years is pretty a dramatic is, is quite a dramatic ramping up uh, of these systems which is fantastic um on the other side uh 450,000 cocoa farming households covered at the end of last year still only represents about 25 percent uh of the uh 
1.8 million or so cocoa farming households that are there in Ivory Coast and Ghana in total. So there's, uh, you know, big real progress and, and, and a real momentum building, but we are still only uh, part of the way there, which is why the ICI strategy that we adopted at the end of last year, which kind of sets our sets our course for the next five years, has 100% coverage of the supply chain with these sort of systems um, as our main goal uh, to reach by 2025. And as I understand it, you've just conducted an an effectiveness review, haven't you? uh, Yeah. This year, I mean, what have you discovered there? I mean, I guess it's it's been a strange year with the with our strange times with the pandemic um and but also you know 2021 we're halfway through the year but it's des- designated international year for the elimination of child labor um what what is your review uh, thrown up uh, well i i mean i think there are two two things there i mean one is these reviews that we've done so that we've done two studies uh, we've released two studies in the last three months one was a benchmarking study on CLMRS, uh, and the other one was this effectiveness review that that we've just published. Um, Now, these are supremely important pieces of work uh, for a number of reasons. Um, First, they're seeking to actually place a a bit more of a common operational definition of what CLMRS is. uh, out there. And I think this is very important because as, as you can see with all the scaling up that's going and the proliferation of different systems, um, you know, all of which is very healthy, we do need to make sure that we're all talking about the same thing. You know, ICI, we're not implementing every system. We can't, we don't want to. We want this proliferation of actors and systems to take place, but we it can't be chaos. Um, and so the idea behind both the benchmarking study and the effectiveness review is that we have an increasingly kind of shared common view of what constitutes a CLMRS. Um, so that when companies report, I'm implementing CLMRS, I have, you know, 50,000 households covered, we all know what that actually means in terms of uh, the impact that can be expected from those systems. And the other element is the effectiveness review, which is really starting to learn, look at data and understand um, what makes one CLMRS more effective than another. And, and what, what, you know, what do we mean by effectiveness? Um, and that's also extremely important, obviously, because if we're going to um, encourage uh, partners and companies to scale up, uh, they need to know that the work that they're doing, the investments they're making um, will have an impact. And the more impactful we can make them uh, for the, you know, for the price that they cost, ultimately, you know, the, the more easily, the more easily they can be scaled. Um, because they'll be more cost efficient. So um, that's the purpose of these two studies, um, which is really to establish a common framework and a common reference point uh, for this work that's scaling up. Now, in response to your your other question, which is really like the the bigger picture, what's going on? Um, What's going on globally in relation to child labor? What's going on um, in... in, uh, the West African supply chain and particularly what's happening uh, in relation to the pandemic and so forth. Yeah, there's there's a lot happening. And, you know, I, I see it as a quite a, a sort of mixed picture. Um, on one side, um, 
it's clear that there are some real pressures um, that are facing uh, cocoa farmers, not just farmers, Africa as a whole, the world as a whole. Um, And uh, just a couple of months ago, the ILO uh, released their global estimates um, for the for the total number of child uh, child laborers in the world, um, and within there there were some worrying trends. For the first time, the uh, the the number of child laborers uh, globally has stagnated, um, and in Africa it's actually increased as a result of persistent poverty, uh, with 40% of the population living in poverty still, and population growth. Um, so that already is quite a, a worrying baseline. Um, that we're 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 um, we're working with. Um, layer on top of that the pressures of the pandemic, um, and I'm sure you've covered it. But you know, there's a lot of ways in which it can potentially play out, and you know, has it affected um, demand for, for 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 cocoa? Do we now have a mismatch between demand and supply of cocoa? Is that the reason why? Uh, uh, global cocoa prices and, and farm gate prices in Cote d'Ivoire at least have have have, have dropped recently. You know, that, differential as well, isn't there? That's, uh, indeed, indeed. Well, which is potentially being neutralised now by the by by the the, the drop in in global prices and yeah. farm gate prices. So, you know, there's a, the, those are all worrying. Now, the extent to which that's uh, triggered by the pandemic, or is there something else going on? It's hard to say. Um, but those are worrying macro trends. At the same time, um, where we take some encouragement is indeed 2021 designated the international year for the elimination of child labor. And it has, you know, that plus perhaps the release of the NORC survey last year, which confirmed that there's a continuing challenge, major challenge of child labor in the cocoa supply chain, um, you know, there is a lot more attention on the issue now. And I think that's good news for, for, for those of us that want to see more happening and we want to see these systems scaled up. Um, we, we see politicians, for instance, uh, around the world now calling for uh, uh, tighter regulations, uh, which if they're the right regulations, for instance, promoting impactful human rights due diligence in supply chains will also help take systems to scale. So the, the, the increased attention on the issue is very positive. And if that in attention is also translating into action, um, then that is good news. So, you know, on one side, bigger picture, uh, it's not a great prognosis, but on the other side, we have tools that work. We know they have impact and we're seeing more of a drive to, to take those systems and those uh, solutions to scale. Absolutely. I, I think, you know, the cocoa industry as a whole has been on the back foot a little bit since that Nord report. And I, and I know they, they, you know, I know the companies put a lot of money, effort and time into, into the sustainability uh, for, the, for their supply chains. Um, CNN is running a webinar on, on sustainability cocoa in October. We'll be discussing something that was thrown up in a report by Mondelez and Fairtrade about the duplication of certification schemes run by the various companies. Um, it seems it seems like basically from, from almost like an outsider point of view, do you think more collaboration between companies, stakeholders, do you think that is what's needed at, 
now at this time to to, to eliminate the problems? Yeah, I mean, I, for sure, um, you know, collaboration and coordination is key. Um, you know, I was talking earlier about this proliferation of, of systems. Now, there's a fine balance between, you know, healthy competition driving sort of more, uh, more, more um, uh, scale up of these systems uh, and to some extent more innovation, like different systems trying different in different ways to have better impact. You know, that's all very healthy. Um, but there's a fine line between that and Dupli you know, duplicatory overlap, breeding inefficiency, and also breeding probably frustration for farmers um, as they try and figure out which of the systems they're meant to be implementing. So we need to be very mindful of that risk of inefficiency. Um, and that's exactly why we've put out these these two uh, studies, to be honest, why we've we've worked with a broad range of stakeholders from the private sector, from NGOs, international organizations to have to develop these kind of common perspectives uh, and these common references, common definitions, common performance indicators for CMRS precisely so that we can keep, you know, all of those different actors more or less on the same page and page facing and moving in the same direction uh, and, and aligned. Um, uh, we think that that is really important. You know, it's a huge ambition to try and reach 100% coverage of the supply chain with anything, uh, and we're not going to do it if we're all doing different things. Um, so, uh, in ICI's new strategy, which uh, which we uh, launched last year, we actually identify sort of a lack of coordination as one of the main barriers to scale, and therefore we've set as one of our strategic objectives for the coming five years to 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 actually work towards a more integrated and better coordinated cocoa sector. Um, and so, you know, you're right. Uh, inefficiency uh, through duplication and so forth needs to be avoided. Having said that, Tony, um, you know, the cocoa sector is actually quite well compared, uh, coordinated, I would say, compared to other sectors. You know, we do have, we're very lucky, we have a variety of collective platforms like ICI that sort of corral uh, the various companies and other key stakeholders into a collective effort. Uh, and we do have emerging common standards for sustainability. For instance, the African Regional Standard, which was designed and developed by all the stakeholders, the governments, the companies, uh, and civil society. So I, I think we, we, we're actually doing quite well in that regard. It's not terrible by any means, but it can always be better. Uh, and so we'll be looking to strengthen the coordination capacities, particularly on the ground, uh, the government's co uh, coordination capacities uh, over the next five years. And we're also going to be working to better integrate the systems that are being developed and, and embedded in the supply chains uh, more effectively with the government systems, the national systems uh, that um, exist, and also the community systems and the capacities that are there in farming communities, um, to have a bit more of a sort of landscape approach, much better coordinated, clearer sense of roles and responsibilities, and a clearer sense of how all of this very valuable capacity can fit together uh, to, the, to the greatest possible impact. 
Um, without putting you on the spot too too much, I mean, it's, it's difficult to predict what is going to happen in, in this world right now. But you know, the outlook for the next twelve months. Um, how do you see how do you see the industry um, getting back on its feet after after what's happened with the pandemic? Do and particularly, do you think EU any EU pre, pending EU legislation will, will help? help with uh, sustainability in the, in the cocoa sector? Well, I mean, certainly in relation to child labor, um, you know, the, what's 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 very fortuitous and, and, and by design, I think, you know, a very positive um, effort is or outcome of, of the efforts underway to consider, um, you know, new regulatory approaches. Um, the, you know, they are increasingly built on these um, excellent frameworks, reference frameworks like the UN Guiding Principles for Business and Human Rights uh, and the OECD Guidelines for Responsible Business Conduct. Um, and those uh, frameworks actually guide companies through, you know, the need to conduct a number of specific steps, which are remarkably similar actually to the steps that I outlined to describe CLMRS. Um, so, you know, we see an alignment, uh, a potential strong alignment between the new regulations uh, and, the, and the increased uh, expectations of companies to um, conduct due diligence and the kind of systems that we are seeing uh, as having positive impact in the supply chain. So, yes, if those regulations are encouraging companies to do more of that, then that is going to massively help the scaling journey that we uh, say needs to needs to needs to take place. That's already underway, but that needs to accelerate and and sort of double down. So um, that's that's a positive for us. But obviously, particularly the EU law hasn't yet been written, um, and we need to make sure that it's. Th the right kind of law um, that sets the right, you know, uh, balance between ambition and uh, pragmatism, I would say, so that it's really something that companies can implement and that as they implement it on a journey of continuous improvement, they uh, can expect to deliver and see more impact. At the same time, what companies can do alone uh, through these due diligence measures is only one piece of the puzzle. Um, and so we've obviously got to see continuing uh, improvements and, and, and progress in the broader enabling environment, in uh, pharma poverty, um, in access to, to quality education systems for children, uh, in access to social protection systems for vulnerable households in rural areas. Um, and, you know, so this is what is needed. I mentioned earlier, you know, I... The big picture, the macro picture, it's hard to be overly upbeat uh, about what's happening in the world at the moment and what that will mean for cocoa farmers who are already living um, close to, if not below the poverty line. Um, but on the positive side, we know what works. Those systems are scaling up. Uh, regulation is, is driving things in a positive direction. Uh, and if the broader enabling environment is also brought alongside um, to tackle the root causes of child labor, then there's no reason to believe that by 2025, every cocoa farming household um, will not be significantly less at risk 
uh, of child labour than they are now. Okay, and I, I guess, uh, sorry, finally, you, I know you have your, your, your local teams on the ground out there in mm. West Africa, but for you personally and your, your team in your, your, your headquarters in Geneva, you've not been obviously not being able to get out there and, and see what the situation is. So I guess you'll be looking forward at the earliest opportunity to, to going out there and getting a good idea yourself of what the, you know, how yeah. the situation is. I mean, I, I, absolutely, Anthony. I mean, it's it's been hugely frustrating, I think, for all of us. Um, uh, but we are extremely lucky because, you know, at ICI we have... Um, in national teams, we have you know, best part of 150 um, national uh, staff, um, uh, great teams, very, very qualified teams spread across the cocoa growing regions uh, of Ivory Coast and Ghana. Um, and so, you know, we have stayed throughout very close to the communities, very close to the um, uh, the, 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 the at-risk children and the children who are in child labour who need to be assisted. And um, generally things haven't stopped and that's been good. Obviously we, um, you know, uh, at headquarters are itching to get back on the ground and see our colleagues face to face. Um, we've been very fortunate also because of, like everyone else, I mean, I guess technology has kept us in touch. Um, and the other thing is that actually courtesy of the systems that we've been talking about, um, the, the CLMRS systems, which give us fairly live data about what's going on uh, in relation to child labor in uh, a huge swathe of cocoa farming communities. We've also been able to keep track of what's going on in, in relation to child labor in those communities. So um, we haven't been completely cut off from it all. We are still connected. We're still following. We're still supporting. We're still assisting. But absolutely 100%. It will be a very happy day when we get to see our colleagues again face to face and when we get our feet back on the ground in cocoa farming communities, at least for the staff who are in headquarters here in Geneva. Yes. Good. And on that happy note, we will end it there, Nick. Thank you very much for that um, uh, update on, on, the, on the ICI CLMRS um, schemes. It's been, uh, it's been lovely talking to you and uh, we look forward to the, the next report from the ICI, which will be next year. Is it an annual report that you produce? Well, we have, a, we have our annual report, which comes out every year, but um, we have a lot going on in terms of learning and learning and, and research and innovation. So we will be putting out, I expect, quite a few more uh, interesting, thought-provoking and hopefully uh, sort of influential studies to continue uh, our work in, in, in promoting good practices in the cocoa sector. So you'll certainly be hearing from us. Thank you again. Thanks very much, Anthony. It's a pleasure.